All right, good morning. Welcome to uh, the third week of our four-week Advent series. Um, week one, Dan Bourne spoke on hope. Week two, Dan Ware spoke on peace. Next week, Daniel Miller will be speaking on love, and my name is not Dan. <laughs> I'm Ben. Um, uh, but I will say that I am qualified, I believe, just half qualified to talk in our Advent series because my middle name is, is Dan, so <laughs> Daniel. Um, so anyway, uh, I got that from Dan Miller, by the way. He told me it. It still qualifies me. Um, I'm excited I'm excited to talk today on joy um, and just as we go through the traditional Advent uh, series uh, this, uh, you know, this winter and lead up for uh, for Christmas, just uh, and just um, really excited about uh, what what that means when we look into the the truth of the gospel and and kind of the the, the lessons we can pull from that. Um, two weeks ago, when when Dan Bourne was speaking on hope, uh, I, I guess really two things stood out uh, in that sermon. And the first is that uh, we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God because he kept saying that over and over again that week, and the song was stuck in my head a lot. He almost said that I believe in the sermon as much as that song repeats over and over again, right? We can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Um, but he also gave a definition of hope, and I really liked um, the one word that stood out to me in this definition. He said, the hope is a future-oriented longing for fulfillment not yet. And that word fulfillment uh, kind of at least kind of caught me a little bit as we look at the themes of these next four or these four weeks as we go through them, right? Because uh, because if hope is that that yearning, that that longing for fulfill for fulfillment, right? Um, we get to see three manifestations of that uh, in peace, and then today, and then joy, and next week in love. Uh, and um, you know, I think uh, that would be a, a hopefully a, a good way to look at. Um, that word, right, as we try to capture what joy is during this time of the year. Um, look at it as maybe less, I mean, yeah, I get that it's an emotion and a feeling that we have, um, but if you look at the word itself, um, understanding it as a, you know, a derivation maybe of, of fulfillment in our lives. And um, as we move through, you know, today, uh, looking at that, uh, I think we can also see that played out as well if you look at last week, right? Um, last week talking about peace and Dan Moore spoke on that idea that we have, um, you know, peace is really, uh, you know, the shalom type of peace that we want. Um, you know, we need to seek after something that is uh, absolutely uh, fulfilling in that way, right? The completeness and that restoration. And so, um, Today, I will say uh, two things. I think, first off, we're not going to be looking at anything uh, that we don't know already. And um, it seems like a lot of times in, in uh, sermons, we have sometimes you have these kind of epiphanies of these new ideas and things that are brought forward. But so often, it's, it's the, the normal, everyday things uh, that we can kind of just be, need to be reminded of. And during this time of the year, I think joy is also that as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, the second one is I, I think that I'm going to give you some maybe some silly uh, examples or uh, applications of it. And so I just need you to, to go with me on this one. Uh, so if you could turn to Luke 2, 8 through 11, we're going to we're going to be in some classic Christmas texts this Sunday. Um, I took all of them from from Daniel Miller because I'm going to be in in Luke and then we'll look back at Isaiah and then uh, look forward as well. And so. 
Um, uh, a big idea there is I hope that we were able to kind of see the bigger picture of, of why we need to find uh, our joy in Christ during this time of the year. Uh, so Luke 2, 8 through 11, and of course this is the, the story of um, the angel speaking down to the shepherds. And it says, in the same region um, there near Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the field uh, keeping watch over the flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for, uh, um, for these weeks as we, as we lead up to Christmas, God, that you can... Uh, help us to put our hearts in the right place, um, that uh, the reminders that you give us um, uh, over and over and year in and year out uh, during this time of the season uh, are so meaningful and so necessary for, for us and for our hearts. And so I just pray, God, that you would just help us to, um, to learn in that today, to rest in that in these next com- uh, coming weeks. And I pray. Amen. All right, so the first thing we'll look at is a main point. I always like to bring these up into our attention because I need this structure. And so if you could, Noah, we'll go to the next slide and you'll see it written up there. Um, Pretty simple, but Christ fulfilled and fulfills. um, So because of that, we can be joyous. And uh, again, I want to, you know, bring our attention to that word fulfillment, right, and what that looks like because... That's a, uh, a theme that I think we'll, we'll look at uh, in, you know, as we kind of try to understand. There's a dual meaning there, right? Like um, we can find fulfillment in the same way, like that, that completeness in our heart uh, that brings us joy. Uh, in the same way Christ came to fulfill, uh, you know, the message of uh, the good news that we can find from fr- prophecy in the Old Testament. And obviously he came to, you know, fulfill that gap of what we needed and we needed a Savior to come and, and write um, the sin that's in our world. So that being said, um, what is joy? I think maybe uh, Christian joy, well, first, like joy is fulfillment. Like I'm joyful as I live a fulfillment of my purpose. Christian joy would probably be saying I am joyful as I live a life of fulfillment as a person engaging the entirety of my purpose with the whole gospel of Jesus. And um, I think that uh, that's kind of probably severely lacking in our world because there's just so many pitfalls that we can fall into uh, when seeking after joy, right? And it's one of those things where uh, almost like the more you focus on it, if you're trying, especially if you think about the idea of happiness, like, oh, I want to go find my happiness or, you know, find something that I, I can pull from, you know, whatever experience there is in this world, uh, the more you look into that and try to seek after that, the harder it becomes. Um, and so we're really going to look at some examples of even during the season, uh, the, the joy problems that we have and the fact that we, um, as humans, really have a difficult time hammering out, like, and, and finding a place and, and a state that is truly joyful, because so often, obviously, we're looking for that outside of Christ. And so if you could go ahead and advance the slide. Okay, here we go. Yeah, we're already here. All right, so uh, this is a game, uh, three, three pictures. First off, you know, the, the fun of it is see if you can figure out what Christmas movie these are from. But also, they're kind of examples of, I think, during this time of the year, how we can get uh, maybe get joy wrong. And so the first one on the left is a clausometer. And hopefully that sounds familiar to you guys, right? The clausometer is dangerously low in this movie, and there's a character. He's extremely 
uh, happy at least, maybe joyful. Um, and he's trying to fix this problem, and it plays out later in the story. So what's the name of the movie? Elf. Very good. <laughs> Crystal and Sean, good planning there, right? Elf, okay. Um, Elf is, uh, you know, it's a silly story, but it's an example of how, like, hey, listen, you know, in our world today, there's so many people, so few people in our world that really have uh, at least the Christmas spirit in their hearts, right? And I think that might be, you know, a silly example, but it's true. Like, we, have, we live in a world uh, where people get it, even people who aren't Christians get that, like, there's not much joy going on even in the Christmas season, right? Uh, and what does Buddy say? We should fix that by singing loud for... Yeah, right? The best way to spread Christmas cheer. Anyway, on the top right, there's a, uh, a picture of a, a little... Um, little thing. It's a little Orphan Annie decoder ring. And so Christmas movie buffs, we should all know what's that from. Christmas story, yeah. Um, so, you know, this is, I think, a good example of if, like, in our world, right, if we're seeking after joy um, from the things, what's it gonna, what's it gonna happen? Uh, so often it plays out like we're, we're, we're just like little Ralphie in that movie, we're going to try to, you know, find something that's going to make our happiness. And for him, it's this uh, decoder ring that he can get from Ovaltine. Proofs of pur purchase, he sends in, he gets it, he decodes it, you know, he's so excited, right? Like, this is the pinnacle of, of something that I've been searching for for so long and it ends up being a crummy commercial, <laughs> right? And that's... I. I think it's a good example of uh, uh, people, especially in our world, right? So often we're seeking after joy, and we can we could probably say the exact same thing. It was a crummy commercial. Someone was trying to, uh, you know, just sell us something because it's, it, we live in a very commercialized world. Um, the bottom right is a, it's, it was a cat, okay, uh, and he's been, he's been chewing on the Christmas tree lights. And he is no more. Um, and this is just one of many mishap episodes of, uh, of another Christmas movie. Which one is this one? Christmas Vacation, right? And it's like the, the story of, it's like gone fishing. Nothing can go right in the entire story. And, uh, you know, all that Clark really wants is just to probably have a, a peaceful, calm, and, and joyous Christmas. But instead, it's Mishap after mishap after mishap after mishap. Uh, you know, things that could go wrong with family, things that can go wrong with, you know, your cousins, your dogs, your everything, right? It all happens and unfolds. And I feel like, uh, again, when we're talking about joy during the Christmas season, we could probably talk more about all of the ways that things go wrong than things go right. And I even think about that, um, you know, personally, especially, right? Like you've got uh, so many instances and episodes in life in general that can get us off of kilter, get us out of imbalance, right, and, and just mess with us, uh, especially, you know, like you've got this year, you know, everyone in the world's getting sick. Janelle and Bentley are sick today. Um, you've got people who, um, you know, I speak about my life, like I'm so often trying to kind of just make everything line up force things into my life to kind of bring about a sense of like fulfillment from those things. Uh, but it's never really going to happen. And it's not going to line up in place, right? Because the only answer to 
you know, joy in our lives should not be all this other stuff and all these other things. It should be obviously we should we should focus on Christ and, and his fulfilled work in our lives. And so I put I want to put a quote up here because I think it's really good. Uh, if you could go to the next slide. Um, this quote is from a book called um, yeah, Becoming Whole by Brian Fickard. And he says, listen, we are people who are very complex and multidimensional, right? Um, he says, if we are mind, we are mind, affections, will, body, and relational cre creations. And if any of those things are out of whack or imbalanced, like we're not going to find joy uh, in life in general. And so often all of them, at least in my life, you know, are, uh, are out of whack, um, whether that be an issue of the way that I'm thinking, the way that I, my affections toward other things and other people, or maybe my hobbies or whatever else might be going, uh, you know, my will and my heart, um, my body, if I'm just not feeling well, and the relationships I have with people. And so um, I hope today, as we kind of look forward, uh, you know, to, to the... It's Christmas time that we could stop, take pause, look at the bigger story of Christ and what he's accomplished and see like outside of Christ, we're not going to find our joy. And so um, as we kind of dive into those things, uh, let's look at um, kind of our outline today of the sermon. We've got three things. And if you could, yeah, go to the next slide for me. Um, three, three kind of parts we're going to look at, and that is the first, the a joy is, is coming, okay? Um, and so we're going to look at, uh, you know, the fact that as, as Christians, this is an important time of the year for us, right? This is Advent time. It's time for us to stop, reflect, calm down, uh, and wait, you know, um, you know for, for the coming of Christ and um, understand, you know, exactly what that means. And so you see the outline piece, and then we have um, kind of an imperative, like this is the things that maybe could help us as we kind of look at that. Uh, the next one is um, a joy came, uh, and we're going to start, you know, obviously look at the, the story of Jesus as we looked at already in Luke 2. And we should marinate in that. That's a funny word to use there, but it's the truth. Like it should seep into us, and we should sit in the fact that Jesus uh, came, that God gave us a solution and an answer uh, to the problems of us trying to seek after joy in our, uh, you know, by, our, by ourselves and on our own devices. Um, and then the last part of our sermon here in, in, uh, is that it is better, right? Jesus is better than could have ever been expected. Uh, and this news and this story is so good, right? And we should celebrate in that. And so um, wait, uh, and we could also maybe use the word anticipate, wait, anticipate, marinate in that, and then celebrate in the goodness of uh, the things that joy is the joy that Jesus has put into our lives. Um, so if you could, we're going to go and explore a little bit into another um, classic Christmas text in Isaiah 9. So if you could, we'll turn there. And so here we see, you know, just uh, what does it mean to wait, um, to wait on Christ's coming, uh, to, to really... Uh, put our hearts in the right place during this Advent time um, in anticipation of those, those things. And so here we see, um, you know, a, a, a text that is forecasting and prophesying, um, you know, Jesus is coming. And it says, But there was no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land, land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea 
the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations, and you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness, from the time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so, again, this prophecy, you know, puts us into the history, history really, of, you know, the age of promise, where we have the prophets aligning, you know, and giving us the, the hint of the hope of the Messiah to come. And, um, you know, we see, hopefully in that, right, our need for a Savior, and out of that uh, you know, the darkness and um, the bloodshed, the, the tumultuous world, um, you know, that, that uh, Jesus was born into, all right, he shines great light in, in for us. And so I think that a lot of times uh, as we prepare our hearts for Advent, you know, it's, it's easy for us to look at things from the, the lens of where we're at, right, historically, instead of understanding, like, uh, just exactly putting ourselves in the moments, you know, of what it meant, um, you know, to be especially hearing these words and thinking, oh, man, you know, um, we need to seek after something. We need to seek after something. We need to, um, we need, we need something more. Um, and something is incomplete. Uh, what is that, right? And we see the salvation come from the birth of a child, you know, and that is going to be wonderful counselor and mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. And so already we can see that um, that foretelling that this event is going to be joyful. Right. Uh, and it's going to be something that is absolutely and wholly fulfilling. Um, and um, so what does that mean? Like the act of invent. Advent, excuse me, is the act of waiting and anticipation. So we should allow ourselves to be really suspended in that in this time of the year in the season that we have, right? Um, uh, that is something that I think a lot of times it's easy to jump forward and say, wow, we're celebrating Jesus' birth, but it, especially now as we lead up to, to Christmas, yeah, that's a great time of the year to just say, hey, we're waiting, we're waiting for that. And, um, um, you know, it means to be still, it means to be quiet, and it kind of has our attention a little bit uh, more than what we normally would think, right? Like normally our attention is going to be elsewhere as we're preparing ourselves for the few days that we're going to really focus on Christmas instead of letting that uh, be something that is a, you know, a month-long process for us. And so, um, you know, it's kind of funny, the Advent calendars, you get a lot of silly examples in our world nowadays of all the ways that that has been commercialized, like we were talking about, right? Um, Janelle took the picture at Aldi. They had uh, the Advent um, hard seltzers now. That's the new thing. And, of course, wines and cheeses and stuff has been the Advent calendar leading up. And it's like, well, you get the point that you're, hey, you got to wait till tomorrow to turn the little thing. And, you know, but also uh, <laughs> kind of missing the point a little bit. Um, 
but uh, I think there is good in, in that, uh, some of those things, right? In the fact that if you're, you know, spending time focusing on getting into the Word and focusing on readying your heart for Christ, obviously uh, those, those things and, and how they lead up, us up to Advent help us put us probably into a, a good state of heart and, and I think can bring, you know, all fulfillment and joy as well. Um, and so I know that... Um, We've done some with the kids, and uh, they're really good at that as well because they'll be like, Dad, we missed day eight. It's December 9th, and we didn't do December 8th for our Advent booklet series. So it's like, oh, we'll stop our day. We'll, we'll you know, slow things down and spend a few minutes focusing on that, and it's, it's actually been really, really good for us. Um, and so... We don't need to forget, you know, obviously, um, what, what, how the story plays out because we have the answer. Um, but, uh, you know, as Israel was waiting, um, the answer came, right? And a joy did come, and we can, we can rest in that goodness, and we can have joy now in anticipation of Christmas to come. And so um, the next part is, you know, a joy did come, all right? And so we can marinate in that. And again, I, I put up here um, Luke 2, 8 through 11, just because it's such a good example as we began the sermon to look at this again and say, wow, you know, this is the news. This is um, the fulfillment of, of all the things uh, that have um, uh, been leading up to that in the Old Testament, like we saw in Isaiah 9. It says, again, I'll read, um, in the same region there were shepherds out in the flock, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I bring you good news of great joy. Right? And so, um, you know, I, I think it, it rhymes, and it's kind of cheesy, but we should marinate in that, right? Not only should we wait or anticipate uh, for the coming of Jesus during this time of the year, but we should marinate in just how good that is, because, um, you know, you've got so many great examples, whether it's songs or, um, you know, poetry or things like, uh, you know, the, the, the Christmas music uh, that we get to kind of sharing this rich tradition of just how great the story of of Jesus coming to earth um, and coming down, um, you know, to us is. And it's it's easy sometimes to just kind of let that become white noise. I know I do it at times, but man, what a wonderful and joyous occasion, right? And um, that should be something that we're excited about. Um, and here's some kind of things that a few a few words from some different sources that I've really enjoyed uh, as I kind of seek to try to let that let that message um, seep into my life and my heart is one is um, uh, from the Jesus Storybook actually um, it says the Bible is most of all a story it's an adventurous story about a young hero who comes from a faraway country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leads his palace, leaves his palace, his throne and everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story, and the center of the story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name, and he is like the missing piece in a puzzle, the piece that makes all other pieces fit together, and suddenly you can see 
a beautiful picture. I just love the way that that is uh, cast, right? Because here we have, um, you know, this this great pinnacle event um, that kind of all of a sudden opens up the eyes, uh, you know, if if you if you have eyes, you know, to see it of of how God is telling us the whole grand scheme of story, right? Like how they sat in the age of promise and, and waited and waited and waited, and finally, um, you know, God sent Jesus. He sent that son, you know, and, and what is that? Like, it's a, it's this little baby lying in a manger. Um, one song that kind of portrays it pretty well, right, um, is that this is, has these words in it. It says, joy has dawned upon the world, promise from creation, uh, God's salvation now unfurled, hope for every nation. Not with fair, fanfare from above, not with scenes of glory, but a humble gift of love, Jesus born of Mary. Sounds of wonder filled the sky with the songs of angels uh, and the mighty prince of life sheltered in a stable. Hands that set the stars in place and shaped the earth in darkness cling now to a mother's breast, vulnerable and helpless. And I just, I love those words. It's from Joy is Dawn by um, uh, Van King's Kaleidoscope, but just to how wonderful a picture that is for us, right? And, and how we should be um, recognizing that that is the kind of the moment in which uh, that uh, that fulfillment of prophecy, but also what Jesus is coming to do, uh, sparks in us, right? And we should be we should be excited about that. That should be wonderful and good news. Okay, um, so joy is coming, and it's good to, to for us to kind of wait in that. Um, it, he has come, right? And we can we can marinate in that truth and rest in that, and let it let that seep into our pores and and sit in us for a few weeks, you know, um, and then also it is better than could have ever been expected, right? Uh, the story of Jesus doesn't just stop uh, at his birth, uh, you know, and it doesn't even just fast forward, you know, you think about the big times, you know, in, in our seasons and, uh, you know, Christian church, right, doesn't just fast forward to Easter, right? Like he lived a real and physical life um, and, uh you know, he died uh, for our sins, and that news, you know, didn't stop there as well. It continued to spread and spread and spread, just like Sarah was talking about uh, this morning, you know, uh, that, that um, you know, that right there, okay, is, is just the big part and the big story that we can capture in that is so good. It's better than could have ever been expected, um, you know, and... Um, the government, like it said in, in Isaiah, you know, the government that he established is not one that's just, um, uh, you know, uh, an earthly establishment or an earthly kingdom, but it's something that lives on in the hearts of man. And like that should be a seat of our joy. Um, and so a few examples of that come from just Acts and Romans we'll be looking at. Um, but, you know, the good news, right? That good news is something that we should be uh, joyous about. If you could go to the next, we have um, an example from eight, Acts 8, 4 through 8, but there's, I mean, there's so many different examples of how the good news permeates, you know, the hearts of men and how we respond, people respond, right? They respond whenever they hear uh, the story of Jesus and they see, um, you know, the power that comes from, from that. And so here we have an example of that. Uh, in Philip in Samaria. It says, Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, proclaimed to them the Christ. The crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, 
came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in the city. And um, man, it's like, wow, the powerful impact uh, of this message and in the way that it just expands and grows and can even, you know, continues throughout, you know, the, the lives of Jesus' disciples and then beyond is just so amazing. And like we get to partake in that rich tradition, that rich heritage. Uh, the next example comes from Romans 8, um, 3 through 4. It says, if you go to the next slide. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son into the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned in this, uh, sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And so there you have a, just a good example of that, right? Like Jesus came for fulfillment in us. Right. Uh, and uh, I know it's, it's simple and I know it's it's, you know, a very it should be elementary to us. But if we seek after joy from our own anything out there, right, if we seek after uh, joy at this time of the year by looking at um, other ex- stuff, uh, we're not going to find that joy. We're not going to find that goodness uh, that Christ has given to us. OK. And so um, the last example we have is the salutation from um, the sermon that we had two weeks ago. Um, and that'll also be from Romans, Romans fifteen thirteen, and it says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may abound in hope." Right, and so again, it comes full circle. Right, if hope is a desire for for, for fulfillment, uh, we can find that fulfillment. All right, seated. Um, in the manger from Jesus, you know, as he, as he lived a perfect life and died on the cross for us and, and ultimately came to fulfill uh, those needs that we have in our heart. And just how that should be something that, you know, is ultimately at the pinnacle of what we look at, what we focus on during this time of the year. And so, you know, in conclusion, I think, um, you know, it's easy to say this kind of stuff and easy to talk about these things, you know, focusing on Obviously, yeah, we want to be people who are, um, you know, steeped in the idea of, of Jesus and what, you know, he means in his coming, what he means as he um, entered into this world, and then what that message means for our our hearts, our hearts that are in such need of, you know, a Savior and, and um, writing and fulfillment, um, but probably harder in practice, right? <laughs> a lot of ways that I know I, in my own personal life I can get out of whacking out of kilter, and so... Um, you know, let this just kind of be a reminder for us. Um, so often that's the case, Like We need the constant reminder day in and day out of what Jesus has done in our lives. And these bigger stories need reminded of, especially this time of the year. And so, um, this is great news. It's better than could have ever been expected. And the consequence of that, I think is, uh, um, you know, something that should, should be in our hearts and should be filling our hearts as well. Um, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for, um, for the gift of, of a baby in a manger, for the fact that, um, you came to earth and you, you lowered yourself for us, God. I thank you for, um, uh, what that means for our hearts. Uh, the fact that we can, we can seek after you and find fulfillment in you, um, instead of worrying about, um, how we could ever find that, uh, 
through our own devices and our own ways and our own, um, you know, methods and things and relationships and all the other stuff, God. Um, and so I pray that you would just help us as people, uh, as a church, uh, that we would be people during this time of the year that would just be filled with your goodness, um, that we would have the joy that that is the fulfilled uh, type of joy that comes from knowing you, uh, the fact that your spirit um, works in our hearts in that way. And um, yeah, these names I pray. Amen.